Here come faintest clothes, right down faintest clothes, all of the boys and girls are scared of Santa. Russell, why does why does Santa has claws? He has why money, he has all the toys again? in the world. <laughs> somebody cut your fingernails because the Santa's claws. Oh gosh, dude. I don't know why Santa has claws. The I Santa's, also don't know why Santa's we're singing claws. again. <laughs> we're singing because today we are doing Holly Jolly Secrets, the Adventure Time Christmas special that we are... Recording in the middle of yeah. September. Part one and two. And, you know, to be fair, it's really not even that much of a Christmas special. So I feel fine about doing yeah. it. Yeah, it feels it feels like they kind of, well, you know, we just saw and did the Halloween specials like a couple of weeks ago. So you can kind of see how this season is progressing. They're fitting in with all of those cool Cartoon Network like time special slots that we all love. And this is the Christmas one, so... Yeah, I, this definitely feels job. like someone higher up was like, hey, we need y'all to have a Christmas special. Can mm-hmm. you make it work with what you already had in mind for the season? And they're just like, yeah, yeah, I think we could do that. We'll throw uh, Christmas sweaters in there at some point. We'll throw yeah. snowman <laughs> at some point, you know? Like, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's not part hard. One, dude, part one, if, you, if I didn't know the title and the title card or the, you know, pre-show screen that pops up that says this is the holly jolly secrets part one i would have no idea that this is a christmas special part one part two you start to get a little bit of like you know hot cocoa and candies vibes yeah yeah but part one is so subtle i think it was a great way that they did it though as much as like it's easy to rip on it um and the fact that like christmas would not hypothetically exist in the universe of ooh so they did have that like freedom to kind of go about it However, they yeah. really wanted to. And I thought it was yeah. good. Like, it ends with, like, hey, this, you know, it's kind of cheesy, but like once a year we get together and we watch videos. And I was like, okay, you know, it works even well then, without being. Even then, though, did the Shelby thing, Shelby, the worm narrating, like the worm that lives in Jake's Viola, narrating the fact that, oh, this is a thing. This is a tradition that we have now is just so random to me. I'm like, what? Where did that come from? Like, do where did we get it's our... a tradition where everybody's there, PB's there, uh, the royal, or the, what is it, the old tart toters on the ceiling looking like a creep. Like, Yeah, apparently that was a callback from the train spotting movie where there's like a monster on the on the oh, okay. ceiling. It turned its head like 180 degrees. Dude, I mean, in that scene, I mean, we're hopping way into this, but Phil is my most punchable character. He sucked <laughs> at the end in the there. corner. Someone needs to punch that dude. He's got like a lock on his underwear. I was like, dude, what is happening? And <laughs> well, then you know, they made fun character. of... They always make fun of Phil. He's one of the creators of the show. So gotcha. I think it was like... He was in... Uh, last time we saw Phil... Not just the Phil face, but Phil Phil was in Wizard Battle. Was in the, he was so. in the stands, Yeah. Yeah. What is this Punchbowl character that we got right at the end there? I I'm not familiar with this. What do you mean Punchbowl character at the end? No, Punchbowl. Oh, Punchbowl. Oh, yeah. We got the old crazy Punchbowl. Well, we do see the Punchbowl is in the first episode that is Slumber Party Panic. So it's kind of a callback at this point in the show to Slumber Party Panic that it was now, I'm not going to spoil anything, but the punch bowl does come in later, like later, later, later in the show. So um, no spoilers. Okay. 
Well, that's fine. Yeah, that was a great moment. I did read that that was like the one, the first time that we have all of the main Adventure Time characters in a room together, even though Marcy is outside, which is a throwback yeah. to, I guess, the first episode. that we evicted, find. yeah, for sure. Yeah, Marcy kind of like creeping as a vampire does, but... Yeah, well, um, I'm, I'm glad that they bring in all the characters because, you know, we've talked about canon a lot in the show, so it's like... We do have all of our what are now A-list characters. So like Tree Trunks, Mr. Pig, um, which I'm, I'm glad this is the second appearance of Mr. Pig. I told you he'd be coming back. With um, Tree Trunks, you're right. With I mean, Tree Trunks. You told me that they get into some sort of a relationship type thing mm-hmm. later on. Yeah, I'm not so liking you see, that. You see they're together in the Punch Bowl and PB and BMO and Shelby and uh, who are the, that guy, the other guy, that guy, the other guy. <laughs> That's, well, again, I think I would yeah. say Shelby does not give my lovely of the episode, but Shelby's monologue for sure is my tops. I think of the episode. It's, it's really good. It is so random to me, but it is very good. I like that. They had the Christmas sweaters. They already had that stuff made for whatever reason for when it gets cold outside and they need the like, in front of a fire and they had all the Christmassy tweets. It, it was subtle throughout the whole, even there was one moment when Ice King is crying and it's like really sad and it's on his journal when they're watching his journal mm-hmm. through BMO's, but um, through the VHS tapes and you see a little screen pop up and it's just like, remember this is like a adventure time Christmas special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they said like, that they said that. In case you were forgetting. <laughs> I, they, uh, I did read into that. They were like, oh, they, they think that the producers like snuck that in kind of making fun of like um, just normal Cartoon Network and normal like TV shows that like usually in a lull in the episode, they would have a banner for advertising like watch this next Friday or up next, you know, the adventures of Gumball like um, and they would do that and specifically in like lulls in episodes. Uh, and it's a lull. It literally is just like the camera panned on jake and finn's face while they're just hearing ice king scream in the background so yeah i I do the filler in these two-part episodes is kind of just like the fast forwarding scenes i'm like okay we've done 20 seconds straight of like fast forwarded ice king like where we gotta yeah pick this up move this totally agree could have skipped through that a little bit there i mean i did count how many times he did curls he did 43 different curls 43 44 it's hard to say (laughs) Um, but those um, look like 10 pound weights, so I'm not very impressed with yeah. what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. However, I was, I was kind of going through these and I was like, yes, it would have been a lot to squeeze into just one 10 minute, like instead of doing a two-parter, it, but they did a cool job with doing a lot of kind of callbacks to the old world stuff. So like when they go to the junkyard, um, there is a truck in a boat in a plane um, in the, or in the, yeah, the junkyard where Ice King buries the tapes. So they, and then, uh, what they're on a old landline phone and it has like the phone wire coming out of the treehouse and mm-hmm. uh, Ice King. So they are giving this cool reference again, I think to subtly remind you, Hey, there has been this poke like post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. Technology isn't quite back to where it was, or maybe yeah. this is where we kind of hit like a standpoint and the advancement of technology and we haven't gone past it yet mm-hmm. because we were all forced to kind of huddle and just survive for a bit. Yeah. But, well, but the VHS tapes, the phones, the junkyard, because yeah. it's important to sneak that in subtly and like you're, you're, you're not thinking about it because now we've, we've had tons of episodes where we're like, hey, that's buried in the background and there's, 
trucks in the background. But the end of this episode is so crucial to the story of the show. Yeah, of course. It has where you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, there is, this is post-apocalyptic, like 100% post-apocalyptic. So, Well, if you're a little confused, we really hopped into it on this episode. Yeah. This is the NeverEnding Adventure podcast about Adventure Time. Dude, season three, we're getting toward the end of it, episodes 19 and 20 for the Holly Jolly Secrets, part one and two. And uh, th- this was great, Ned. I-, I really enjoyed both of these episodes, especially loved the second episode. The first episode, mm-hmm. I-, I was I was struggling the entire time because I'm just like, this is not a Christmas episode. Like, yeah, yeah. I you love a patient. good Christmas special, but it's not. But you you have a great point. Like, they don't necessarily celebrate Christmas. Like, they don't have a reason to celebrate Christmas. Why is there a Christmas special unless you're doing kind of like how SpongeBob mm-hmm. did where, you know, they discover like Santa Claus or whatever. Yeah, I can't yeah. even remember. It's been so long since I watched the SpongeBob Christmas specials, but that was a subtle way that like creeps like Christmas into the Bikini Bottom world. But yeah, no, yeah. this was this was good. And I would love to just take a moment to talk about the treasure map and the, the briefcase because <laughs> that was the first great comedy moment of this two-part episode where Ice King digs, like, I guess a hole, or really pushes the suitcase into a pile of boogers. And then Ben's just like, he played in it for hours. <laughs> like, he just sat there playing in, so boogers played in boogers for so long. That's why, the, that's why the booger was invited to Christmas at the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I don't know why that even connects with me. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. And the it was just a booger on the floor in a little miniature sweater. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> That's so good. Well, the treasure map was so funny because in my mind, I'm like, Jake, you are taking a chance, dude. Like there's a real chance that this briefcase that you found a long time ago and then you dug a massive hole and put it at the bottom of this massive hole. Like one, good job on remembering where you dug that hole yeah, in the first it's, place. It's but Jake's then, like, dog What if nothing was sure. there? What if, what if nothing was in the briefcase? Like you made this whole like treasure hunt, like treasure map thing adventure for you and finn and then what if this briefcase sucked like, yeah, it, no, just it's old such, socks it's i love though it's it's yeah we we talk about jake isms and jake mistakes lay it on me or not lay it on me it's, it's uh <laughs> <laughs> oh make it bacon pancakes make it bacon pancakes yeah. Um, there's no Jake mistakes in this two episodes, I think, in my opinion, because this is more of a Jake dogism. It's like, oh, I found it and I buried it. And it's like, yeah, it's just like a dog burying a bone uh, to protect yeah, it. it. It doesn't matter it if totally it has is. any purpose. It doesn't. Um, but Jake then makes a treasure map. And it's fun. I think it's Jake, that's Jake's dogism coming out that we've always talked about. And then Jake loving Finn and giving Finn adventures. So he makes a treasure map just in case Finn ever wants to find the treasure, you know? Yeah, and totally the true Jake mistake of this episode would be making the flyers for the secret screening. Yeah, of, no, I would say it's misspelling Bemo's name. He spells Bemo B-E-E-M-O. I think he's done that before in the show. I'm pretty sure I've seen it spelled that way somewhere else for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I, I just it's I just thought it was funny. You don't think it's him episode, making a bunch of secret flyers for? <laughs> no one would have known. That's the that's the mistake. It's true, dude. it's true. Ice King would have had no idea what was going on. I just thought he's just sitting there in the park, like trying to hit an apple, like freezing an apple off of Gunter's head, and just leaves him. He just walks away, and Gunter's just frozen. And Ice King's one, just like, oh, more important of, things. One of the penguins is frozen. I, I never. You know, there I think is, it was Gunter. You don't think okay. it's Gunter? It may I don't not know. Be. There, there is like truly one true Gunter 
and Gunth, Gunth. Well, and then there's another episode later on. I can't, I can't even remember if we got it. It's like, he's like, Gunti, Gantho, Gunthi, Gunter. We've either so, gotten there, you've made that reference before. Um, but uh, but I'm not sure. Yeah, but, but still, yeah, no, my Jake mistake would be misspelling Bimo because Bimo's name is literally on the side of Bimo. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting this spelling from. Yeah, definitely. Man, I mean, even the, just thinking about, I'm thinking about how this is sort of not even a Christmas episode, you know, in part two, they come back in and you're thinking Jake's yelling because Ice King is freezing over the tree house and is attacking them essentially. But instead he's like trying to remember the words to Alouetta, which is a popular French children's song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, that's why did they choose that? Why didn't they come like do a, a jingle or something? I, yeah, well, even it was to that keep melody you... is not a Christmas jingle. That melody to me is the little bunny foo foo hopping through the fort. That thing, yeah. You know? So, yeah, I don't know. No, I think they just did it. Um, just that little cutscene again to do something because you know they're used to cutting the episodes into two parts for a thirty minute segment. Yeah. So if they're doing a two parter, that is technically like one big episode. Um, doing something before commercial break to like leave you on the edge of your seat, mm-hmm. just a little bit, you know. Yeah. Did you have a what's a big comedy moment for you in this episode? Was there anything that stood out to you that just made you giggle a little Ooh, bit more than well, it usually we does? Can, we can have my babies right now and get into my lovely have of the episode <laughs> is Bemo. Bemo. All right. And yeah. I, I know Bemo good. gets my lovely a lot, but it's just like there's three or four Bemo moments. The first one is like, these are old VHS tastes. And Bemo's like, yeah, I can play them. Put them in my butt. Yeah. <laughs> that that That's moment. Um, Bemo's. The Finn's bath alarm. Finn's gotta bath be alarm on is there. Like, Finn, it's your bath time. Get naked. <laughs> yeah. I love that uh, one. That's just, why do they use Bemo for, and it's a car alarm too. Why do they use him as. Uh, an alarm for all right time for Finn to take well, a bath. It seems a little silly, but yeah, there was. A, I think it's a, maybe a callback to season one where Finn mentions he's like, "I never take baths," and so I think it's mm, funny that they have this like, crazy alarm on Bemo to give Finn a bath, and he still somehow avoids it. He still doesn't end up taking a bath. So I think that that's kind of probably okay. a callback to like Jake or <laughs> Finn never bathes. So maybe like Jake's been sneaking around. Bemo thinks Finn stinks too much, so has this massive alarm for Finn's. Maybe bath like time. once a month, it's like Finn, it's it's your bath time. You have yeah. to do it. This annoying car alarm's going off. Come on, dude. Yeah, I remember yeah. how much Be- I stank when I uh, went through puberty <laughs> and didn't, <laughs> didn't sure clean myself did. properly. Oh my gosh, I'm sure we all did. Yeah, but I had and a, this. Well, on, on your lovely note, though, because Bemo gets my lovely oh. for all the moments when he turns down the volume, when he squeezes out the tape and pops it out like a little turd. It just mm-hmm. overall, like Bemo got the lovely, but when it didn't know who your lovely was. Whew, man, you want to get into my lovely already? Already. It's a big one. Is it Ice King? Uh, it's not Ice King. It's the Simon character. I, I'm not really mm. sure who this guy is. Simon Petrikov. He's uh, my lovely. Good. Um, and good. And he might good, be lovely. Ice King. He, he could be Ice King. I'm not really well, sure. Just they kidding. Show obviously him, Ice King. Yeah, that, I know. I'm I not saying, Did I'm you not saying. finish the episode? No. When it turns <laughs> yeah. into Ice King? I was like, oh, Simon Petrikov, you're awesome. Turn the show off. Um, no, yeah, he's he's my lovely. I mean, what a story, dude. I, I mm. wasn't really thinking we we're going to get into this this early, but we might as well. Yeah, I was going to say, like, say, story say is so stuff. fascinating. Yeah. I, I mean, gosh, dude, it just... 
like it really got me and it made me want like I could I was talking to Ali I'm like I could watch the last five minutes of the second episode over and over again and I really think I would get something new out of it mm-hmm. every single time I watched it you know I mean we we see him in that first uh it's the last tape they've gone through all the other tapes and it's just like Basically, I mean, really, we're kind of skipping all the the great parts of like Ice King without his crown on and he's talking mm-hmm. to his diary, which I guess he has two diaries because he also had the diary in the Ninja yeah, episode. He is the written one. Um, and, you know, we see him without the crown and he's trying to say, I don't have the crown on. I think Gunter's like interrupting him a little bit. Um, and then what is it that he starts to say? I'm trying to find it in my notes. Oh, he well, says, the, he sighs yeah. and he goes, there must be more to this life than this. You know, there must mm-hmm. be more to life than this. And Gunter's just, Wah, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, um, he and it says, happens I feel like I'm on, on that, that uh, hamster wheel and I'm, yeah, I'm constantly I'm starting to worry forward. That, I'm starting to worry that all these entries sound exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And that's right after he tells the story of uh, the turtle princess and how what she ended up taking his library card away for whatever reason. I can't yeah. remember. Because you, know, you, you realize that turtle turtle princess runs like the Ooh library essentially. Yeah. So, um, but the, yeah. no, that is a, a big point with, with the diary entries specifically is that first one, when they pop the first tape in, um, he has his crown off and he's laying on the bed and he seems to be a little bit deeper than the other parts of the videos where he's working out and he's penguin dancing and doing all this stuff. And one moment in that first tape, he sees, I bet you notice that I'm not wearing my, and then Gunter cuts him off. Yeah, interrupts um, him. So yeah. he is not wearing the crown in that first video. And the, that first video ends with like, I know you hate it when I get contemplative. So I think yeah. even going uh, Gunter back Gunter is to, wearing um, the crown. That's something yeah, that's fascinating we've, to me. We've confirmed though, then Adam Mudo's confirmed, and we've confirmed that the crown has found a host. So that's right. Okay. I think the crown will give people ice powers, but it won't necessarily latch into their like psyche or anything like that. Yeah. We were wondering as me and Ali watched this episode though, that perhaps Gunter or maybe part of the reason why he, as a theoretically speaking, theoretically speaking, the reason that he hangs out with Ice King is to get closer to the crown. Because mm-hmm. he wants the crown for himself. If he's that really such an evil character, I'm not necessarily sure i mean is there something later in this show that we see surely uh, gunter it's Gunter's not, true form or something comes out eventually right it's yeah it does it does but it's not necessarily tied to the crown but it's a that's a good thought that the gunter is inherently and they actually go into the original gunter story with the evergreen episode um okay. And it it was sim it was semi about even the first Gunter like kind of being attracted to the power of the crown, mm-hmm. um, different kind of story. But that's a good theoretically speaking that Gunter sticks around yeah. because it, it's kind of like being attracted to like a source of power. Yeah, and um, even Ice King when he was crying and they were trying to get the secret code that was in the the diary with his tears was Gunter. You know, like the tears and whatever BMO did to formula. It's like every time M comes up or something, I mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and there's recall, a, also a good thought behind that. Like one, uh, for my fans out there, like the crown holds a lot of like data and memories, essentially. Um, so the Evergreen episode, you can see why Gunter would be even with its secret encoding, um, like tied in with the crown that like. 
even subconsciously, there's a code coming out in Ice King's tears that can actually print a Gunter figure. So this, it's Gunter, and that essence is inherently like coded into the crown. Mm-hmm. So that's it's, and then and then also it's everywhere that starts with an M. And in a later episode, you'll see that Ice King, I think, accidentally calls Marceline Gunter because Marceline's name starts with an M, and so it kind of also ties back to this one. So like really cool, sneaky hmm. little, maybe on purpose, maybe accidentally, but yeah. um. Things to keep in mind, I suppose. Yeah, a lot of things to keep in mind as we go now, and I can say it without it being a spoiler drop. It could say Simon Petrikoff, and now it's officially not a spoiler. I feel like this is the first big moment in our yeah. journey through this, in our adventure, that I can start saying Simon Petrikoff stuff without it yeah. being a spoiler. And you already kind of knew Ice King was of course a big character. And we hear and Simon. We've it. heard Simon's name in the past, or we've talked about it. I mean, let's just kind of go through who Simon Petrikov is based off of these films. Let's let's get into that one. Tape. Yeah, let's get into let's get into that once we take a little breather because we got a lot to oh, unpack with. I don't his. want to. <laughs> we, you got to take a Christmas break. We got to turn this I into a two parter. This isn't a Christmas <laughs> episode. This is a Nightmare Before Halloween episode. Yeah, a, yeah, we do get a, to, a Christmas Before Halloween episode. <laughs> I wish, yeah, I wish it was colder outside. I wish we had a little fire going. Yeah, and, and also I no wish... new intro. Adventure Time, what the heck? This is a freaking Christmas I said, special. Man. I thought we were going to have a cool intro, and I was a little bummed out. That's yeah. the that's the Jake mistake in, in this episode. So, there wasn't a fun a writer intro. mistake, for sure. <laughs> I, but yes, I, let's, I'm agreeing with that. Let's let's breathe. Let's go PP before we pick up and go deep into Shaman, Shaman Petrikov. <laughs> That was a much needed break. Yep, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Well, as we're on the Christmas topic here and talking about Christmas vibes and how this wasn't really a Christmas episode, but it was, I was gonna ask, like, what what is your go-to like Christmas vibe? Once we get around to holiday season, I feel like there's several things on my end that it's like, here's what we do, and here's what I'm looking forward to the most that makes it like the holiday season for me, you know? Yeah, of course. What's, what's Man, like your family or your personal like Christmas-ism? Like it's not the holiday season until Russell does X, Y, Z. It would probably be a Charlie Brown Christmas album. Mm-hmm. I think oh, that's got to be it. Yeah, the album, the Vince, uh, I'm, I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, the Vince, G, what is it? G-U-A-R. A L D I trio. <laughs> it's amazing. Anyways, it's yeah. it's the soundtrack for the Christmas special from um, the Peanuts, and it's it's so good. You know, I, I I think for me, I gotta listen to that album whenever Christmas time rolls around, and I do it every year without fail. At least, I think I'd probably listen to that album three or four times throughout the month of December. Mm-hmm. But that's like your Christmas. That's like gets you in the spirit. It's, it's oh, not yeah. Christmas until dude, that's been it's played amazing. six times. It's, I, it's dude, such a good album. You and I mean, my you and my father in law are are peas in a pod on that one because I oh, will go, go to their house at Christmas. That Linus and Lucy. It's just the Charlie Brown theme song. Actually, the like boom 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 boom. Oh yeah, <laughs> it plays in their house probably once an hour. 
And I love it. Man, it's a good song. It's but so good. It, it gets after like the 16th time in two days, like you're a little like, <laughs> gets a little oh, wearing yeah. on you. Oh, Tenenbaum, What Child Is This, My Little Drum, Linus and Lucy. That's probably what you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, that's what the I'm Christmas thinking. time is here, both the instrumental and the vocal. Like, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good, dude. That that's really what it is for me, and I'm very much of the mindset of you don't listen to or do anything Christmas related until after Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. Oh, you're, you're a big non Christmas oh, tree yeah. up before Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm the same. For, way, sure. for sure, it's so annoying when uh, for me, you know, like mm-hmm. I've had roommates in the past like start putting Christmas stuff up, and I'm just like, why are you like? It's like early November. Like, why are you doing this? Like. You know, we got to talk about this. We all live in this house. I don't know. So that, yeah. that's just how I am. What's your thing? What gets you in the Christmassy mood? Oh, it's, I mean, we grew up going down and cutting down a Christmas tree and like putting it in the house, like picking one cutting out. Down. Cutting down. Yeah. There was Whoa. a big old Christmas tree farm out like um, in South Carolina that we would go to. So like coming okay. home, we would always, it was a Saturday after Thanksgiving. It's always when the UGA Georgia Tech football game is on. So it was... And then my mom has this very specific way of stringing lights on a tree. It takes mm-hmm. like hours to do it. Um, oh, gosh. And the tree looks awesome when it's all said and done. But it's kind of cool. Christmas when that's all over. But we sit and watch yeah. football. We cut the tree down, bring it home, do the lights for hours, and then decorate it. And then that's kind of like – so I'd say like always that's like the big thing for like the Christmas yeah. season for sure. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's good. I think, you know, it's neat that you have that memory of doing it with family is what, you know, sparks the Christmas spirit. And I'm sure the the Charlie uh Charlie Brown album has something to do with like my mom putting on the special on TV or something as mm-hmm. a little kid. I'm not really sure, but that's yeah, it's when, it's when like life quiets yeah. down a little bit and you hunker down in the home and it's like all the smells and the sounds yeah. and the Christmas specials start coming on TV. So it's a, it's a combination of all those aspects. And But man, the tree, having a real tree in your house also just like, just pumps oh, yeah. the smell of pine through everything. So it truly like the house feels different because it smells like a forest in there. Yeah, definitely. I know I'm looking forward to getting into the Christmas specials and all that. Last year we watched the original Grinch special and it was mm-hmm. like snowing outside. I'm like, this is so good. Like, this is a great moment because it is hard to recreate Christmas away from home. Mm-hmm. You know, like Christmas now really feels like Christmas, even though in Georgia it never snows on Christmas day. Like that would be such a miracle, but it doesn't really feel like, Oh, we are in Christmas time until the week that I'm home for Christmas and the trees up at my mom's house her at my dad's house or whatever. Like that, that is what really feels like Christmas now. So it is hard to recreate that in Nashville. But yeah. there, there are moments in December that I'm like, okay, it's Christmas time. Like I, we're, we're watching Elf or whatever. And also I was going to say through Elf, Cutting down a Christmas tree is a felony, Ned. So I hope this was something that y'all had permission to do. It is a Christmas tree. Yeah, plug Wright's Christmas tree farm in South Carolina. So it is, <laughs> it is legal. It is legal. So yeah, <laughs> a little plug. We've got a couple of listeners in South Carolina. I was looking at the demographics. I think North and South Dakota are like the two where we just, no one listens to us there. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody there. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, it's still 1997 in North Dakota. So <laughs> yeah. maybe they'll get I around think, to this in a few years. Oh, gosh. Thinking <laughs> of uh, uh, Christmas specials, though, you got a little like Ru- uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, reference yeah. in this episode with the snowman. 
And that was such a nose. cute moment and funny. Yeah, it gets an apple on his nose and Ice King's just like, you're so unique. I'll make you the leader of the pack. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say Red Nose the Snowman is my runner-up lovely of the episode with his little face. Yeah. Maybe the snowmen collectively. I love when they open the ice box and they're all like pointing baffled over the ice like being <laughs> made in a freezer yeah. and being made inside. They're like, Whoa. And I was like, that's, well, that's hilarious. Not only that, but Ice King made each one of these snowman army soldiers by hand and didn't even animate them. He's got the powers to just make a snow yeah. army, but instead he's like, I'm just, oh, yep, that, fo- that feels good. You know, like makes a mm-hmm. snowman, moves well, on, makes like show, 20 of them. I do think it was maybe purposefully done um, through parts one and two of this special. Getting back into our Simon Petrikov conversation is that there's tons of little things that the Ice King's doing. Um, shooting Gunter in the head with an apple on his head. Uh, bringing a skunk as a present. Um, multiple instances of him capturing princesses without the without even the intention of like marrying them like it used to be. He captures Wildberry Princess to interview her like <laughs> with the state of the economy or whatever. And I think the kind of like driving it home was building the snowmen, not animating them and being like, oh yeah, I have ice powers. It's all showing how insane the ice king is. Um, Even with these great powers, he's not just evil. It's truly just like insanity. And I think that's an important Mm -hmm. thing that the writers added to this episode in order to lead into this, this bomb drop that Simon Petrikov was a straight up like well, what was he called? Not a scientist, um, ag, agua, ag, ag or something. Antiquarian, which Antiquarian. was a, he studies ancient artifacts, mm-hmm. which is such an interesting. Yeah, I would love to get into who Simon was. I mean, he was a human, right? Mm-hmm. He was a human who was engaged to uh, a lovely lady named Betty, mm-hmm. uh, and he wore John Lennon glasses. And it was a long time ago, probably before the Mushroom War. I mean, most definitely, right? Before the Mushroom yeah, War. Yeah, just definitely before the Mushroom War. I noticed the plane in the background when he's talking looked mm-hmm. a little bit like, I think it's when he started the term blue, looks a little like a war plane. So perhaps it was right at the beginning, like him going insane and surviving the Mushroom War may all kind of like wrap up in a week or something, you know? It's a good thing to bring up because I think it was technically an error, but it's actually an error that makes things consistent through the show is that as he's doing those like snippets of interviews, you see it's the same background, same background. The last interview is just like a blank brick wall behind him, which is Mm. meaning he's not in like the same office or whatever. And without spoiling, there's like, yeah, pretty much mushroom war stuff happens at that point. And he's still, you know, a, a blue guy with a beard. At well, that he, he's starting to turn blue. And as he's doing that, it starts to snow outside and it starts mm-hmm. to blizzard outside. And I wonder if like he was discovering those powers. He was telling him or he told us that, that the snow and I, he was learning the secrets of the snow and ice, you know, mm-hmm. like he was discovering all these things through the crown. He was getting lost. He's begging for forgiveness for the future for he's afraid of things that he might do. And then as you've kind of told us and we've talked about in the past, he feels like he's stuck in a labyrinth. He's stuck in a labyrinth mm-hmm. within his he, mind and he can't get out. It's a very uh, purposefully chosen phrase that yeah, he's stuck in a labyrinth. Oof. It's good. 
Um, but the whole Betty thing, man, like that was, that was tough to hear. That was yeah. tough to listen about or like to think about and really like try to empathize with Ice King or Simon, you know, and he's just a smart guy who's studying. He even says he's like, he never believed in the supernatural, um, but he was fascinated with superstition or I may have that back, back and mm-hmm. but uh, he bought the crown in Scandinavia, what was it? Northern Scandinavia yeah, Northern from Scandinavia. a dock worker, like an old dock worker. And mm-hmm. he start, he puts it on as a joke in front of Buddy, starts to see illusions and he starts to argue with them and realizing that it's the crown, takes it off. And it was also what wizard eyes, right? That's what he was dealing with in that moment yeah. was the wizard eyes from Mortal Recoil. Uh, and Betty mm-hmm. left and he, he notes that she was looking at him with such contempt. And that phrasing too is, yeah. gosh, that like, that kind of gives me chills a little bit. Like, yeah. could you imagine, dude? Like, he doesn't even remember what he said, doesn't remember what he did. He took the crown off and she's just like blank staring at him with like contempt. Yeah. Oh, man. That's tough. Yeah, it's the Betty part is very, 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 very important for the entire show. Like going all the way up into the series finale. Like this is the this is the first instance of Betty, and that whole storyline is so important to the end of the show. Here, um, I was going to say it thing, really feels like it's the only thing he holds on to right then. Well, like, it's the as only thing he's King, holding he's on crying. to because he's crying in that moment. Um, he's, and, you know, obviously he's like, I'm crying because you now know I wore glasses. Um, <laughs> th- there is <laughs> something deep glasses. inside him. I think him watching that, the Simon that's left in him, the Simon that can still basically look out of the glass of the Ice King's eyes and see the world, but can't like vocalize anything, is crying for that, crying over the loss of Betty. And I think it's important now that you understand that now I don't have to drop it as a spoiler that there was a love interest is like, why do you think he's obsessed with capturing princesses? Princesses. Yeah. Yeah. He lost his and that that's now this subconscious thing is that his, his being in nature as the ice King is to be hunting down the relationship that he lost, you know? Yeah. That's so fascinating with the secrets from, he's like the secret that I used to wear glasses truly is it's like the Fiona and cake episode where he's writing his innermost secrets, he's trying to reveal things to the viewer or to the person like reading the journal, right? Or the fan fiction. There's so much more depth to it, to his mm-hmm. crying. He's trying to brush it off the weight of the trauma from his past. And he's trying to just be like, oh no, it's just the glasses. That's why I'm upset. I didn't want you to find out um, that I used to wear glasses. It's It's all just part of him trying to avoid his past, or as you're saying, maybe internally trying to get back to his real self and connected to his real self. Simon mm-hmm. is crying, is upset, and that's where that stuff is coming out. And it, within yeah, and the that's, craziness, that's that is Ice King. Yeah, that's that's definitely it. Like, you pretty much hit the hammer on the head right there. Like, that's, yeah. that is... They aren't saying it now, but that's for sure what's happening is that... Yeah. I'm trying to... Th- trying to think of how to phrase this to where it's a, a good like aha moment for you without um with the labyrinth the crown simon still being in there somewhere and you put put all those puzzle yeah. pieces together and you can kind of see where we're going you know well i'm putting these puzzle pieces together but is finn that's what i want to know like does yeah, finn I, now know he's a human cuz they said oh ice king but it was when the crown was out right mm-hmm. when they saw the crown does Finn and Jake, do they realize, wait a second, this Simon is 
Ice King and he was a human and I'm going to be just as interested in him as I was with Susan Strong because it's another human. Finally, I've met another human. We need to get him back to how he was. Can Finn help him? You know, yeah, like, will that, he try to help him? From this, moment those on, from this moment on, you do see, because they bring Ice King in, they give him the tapes back. I think the big sympathy moment is when Finn hands him the tapes and he's just yeah. like, these are yours. And I think that's the first time Finn sees the Ice King as Simon through his eyes. And that's very important. It's not, it's not always consistent. Like, really, Jake and Finn constantly get annoyed by Ice King. But they're never doing, like, the start of this episode, it was like, let's go find Ice King's evil secret. The, the, the still the, the what we call a default position on Finn and Jake has been Ice King is evil. So he's got evil secrets. He's going to do something yeah. bad. I think this is definitely the first time where, yeah, they're annoyed by him, but they're not going to, like, they don't, you know, ever actively super try to help him out. But I think this is the first moment where they stop looking at Ice King as, the antagonist themselves. Like we've seen it a lot and we've already deemed the Ice King as not really an antagonist. But I think this is the turning point for Finn and Jake of saying, mm-hmm. you know, please don't get in our way. We get we get annoyed by you, but we're not gonna continually think you've got some sort of evil mastermind plan behind everything. And I think as Shelby put it, they had empathy for Ice King, the biggest weirdo in Ooh. You know, mm-hmm. like that that's the biggest weirdo in Ooh to me is not describing him as the bad guy, the the villain, the evil person in Ooh. It's the the most complex, weird, awkward, annoying character that, you know, shouldn't be that way, or maybe isn't really that way, but the crown has made him that way. Yeah. Um yeah. and they well, give him the tapes back as as like you said, as a gift. It's yeah. it's great. That was a great moment. Yeah. Well, and you see, like, once once they open that empathy and he comes and he's way more chill. Like, he does sit in the house and watch the movies with them and is just, like, a normal guy for, even if it's for 10-something-odd minutes or whatever. He Every time they offer up a little bit more empathy for him and, and express it outwardly, he normalizes out a little bit and levels out his weirdness a little bit. And that's, like, my deep thought of the episode as, as it yeah. pertains to life is that like yeah there's a lot of, there's a lot of weird people out there i'm a weird person and mm. the big thing that's pretty you know, he's pretty maybe, odd maybe we yeah yeah russell can <laughs> vouch for that he can vouch for that firsthand uh, no i'm the weird person i when we were starting the talk at the beginning of like before we started recording i'm sitting here singing the ned sometimes i sit and think about ned <laughs> just singing an ABBA <laughs> parody to him about him. Um, yeah, maybe the I'm more the you biggest, watch Adventure Time, the I'm more the biggest weirdo <laughs> singing songs becomes part of your normal life. Oh, I'm I'm um, definitely the biggest weirdo of this podcast, and that's totally fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> but my no. my big my big life lesson in my lesson of the episode, we we, we, yeah. we aren't wrapping things up per se, but it pertains to just like that topic of the empathy is that. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of weird, and like you don't have to be best friend with somebody who's like so weird or like. But the moment you take a second and be like, "Why? Like, what? What's this weirdness? Like, what drove you to this? You know, being the way you are, and fully getting the full scope is yeah. Like, they're still going to be weird. You know, Ice King's still just weird, 
but it creates a whole new relationship dynamic between Ice King and, and everybody and Princess Bubblegum and and with Marceline is that they understand the the past now and they understand where he's coming from and it opens up a lot more opportunity for relationship even if they're like hey dude like you're still being annoying Ice King hold you at arm's distance but we're not going to like hit you in the face anymore oh i'm i'm so excited to see how they all react and act toward ice king we've already seen a little bit of princess bubblegum uh treating ice king as a human in the past there's been little moments where i feel like she's been kind of overly kind to him or when she needed his help Mm -hmm. um because everybody's gosh that episode was so long ago everybody was getting frozen in uh, the Candy Kingdom or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, when he was scratching his like icy dandruff sickness over everybody. And she needed his help, you know. Yeah. Um, but what was so fascinating is that Ice King, in that moment when he got the tapes back, it's like his mind went blank. It's like he forgot everything that it had just happened a moment ago. And really, in my mind, I'm thinking the crown is fighting back. This is the crown trying to block out everything that just happened, trying mm-hmm. to block out the progress that just occurred and is fighting to keep him locked in the labyrinth. Yeah. Is kind of how I felt about the fact that he was just like, oh, it's so nice of you. They give me tapes. You know, I don't know anything about these tapes. Here's a skunk, which is crazy. Why? Yeah. That's not a gift. he says, I know? don't know anything about the tapes, he just watched them. He just busted into the house because he, they yeah. were like, these are my tapes. And it's the crown again, immediately going, hey, something about Simon is now trying to break out because of these tapes, so we're just going to like white it out. Yeah, I, I think so. Dude, and the tapes make him act so crazy. And the moment for me, I think the craziest moment in this episode, other than the boogers, <laughs> but him playing in the boogers for hours is hilarious. Uh, the wild berry in the cage moment where mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I, well, I do love the fact that he turned her, or he turned the camera upside down and they said upside, <laughs> upside down, down princess. That was funny, yeah. but... I just putting myself in the place of Wildberry, how terrifying would it be if your kidnapper is sitting there and acting like, oh, this is a newscast and like you're you just witnessed a like a tragedy. It's like, dude, I'm uh, I'm in a tragedy right I'm now. The, like I am you kidnapped the tragedy. me. It's like Gunther's in the corner because he tried to eat Ice King socks. It's like that's the moment when Ice King murders Wildberry. You know, like that's the <laughs> moment where you die. And we thought of the Batman movie when the Riddler was like basically filming his victims live and killing them. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that that's the terrifying, creepy, weird moment that Ice King had this episode. And fortunately, that wasn't the entire episode. Uh, the other creepy, weird thing was him singing fries, which honestly to me was a hilarious moment. Yeah. He's just singing Marceline's song with the wig on. So he had crazy funny and then he had crazy, creepy, what is going on? Are you going to murder Wildberry Princess? Yeah, I and I, well, this episode. I love, and for my fans out there, that Ice King somehow knows the Why'd You Eat My Fries um, song. And that, in theory, uh, Marceline just like riffed that off the top of her mind. Finn recorded it and had it on his little tape. So multiple things could be apparent here. Is that Ice King was either, either spying on them in the Nightosphere episode or... Marceline has shared that song with him personally, mm. which I think that's my theoretically speaking is that, and, and it, it does prove itself later, is that him and Marcy have a connection that we won't go into today. But does that fit the timeline of their connection? Yeah, it does. Okay. 
it but does. I think I thought he was my understanding from spoilers or whatever is that he and her are together when she's little, right? But the fries thing happened when she was like a like a an adult, right? Yeah. No, I can't first, remember. Does she walk into the store? It's after the mushroom war for sure. It's it's a shared connection, but like so you're you're trying to you're piecing together two different things that I'm not. I've okay. Already, I'm, okay. It's the sense that like even through his insanity, that like Marcy already does have this behind closed doors, not relationship, but like, you know, yeah. they are, they, they have always been friends and they've bonded in the past. Yeah, and, and, and Ice King like, constantly forgets it essentially. So, hmm. um, okay. yeah, it's very, uh, oh, I want to talk about it so bad this yeah. episode, but I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it for like when the um, juicy moments love Marcy. Come out. Marcy was great. She wasn't my sexy character of the episode, uh, because that would be silly. If yeah. She my was. sexy character of the episode was the other guy. <laughs> the other guy oh mine's guy. uh and the other or that guy mine's that, that guy. guy yeah <laughs> so mine's the other guy but here's that guy. <laughs> yeah that's that's fair i think so they they were definitely yeah. pretty sexy uh i want to have your baby is the soundbite for that one um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man I, but, that's but so overall funny. overall like christmas special aside because everything like how does this you do you like the way this squeezes into season three? Special aside, <laughs> like yeah, like but, but the I guess the bomb drop on Simon now being like part of the Adventure Time canon and Ice King's past. Do you like where this fits into season three? Do you think it's too late in the show? Do you think they should have introduced this earlier? Like, how do you feel about the canon build so far? Yeah, I'll, I'll do even part one and part two. Part one is a 2.5 out of five for me. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really Christmassy about it. It's so random. It's, you know, it's just building up to what happens in part two. Part two is really the big payoff. And they could have really made this one episode. Maybe they would have needed 15 minutes or something yeah, like that. It a little bit it more been than a 11. Tight squeeze. Yeah. But, but seriously, I mean, a lot of what's great about this episode or these episodes is part two when you get into the more serious stuff. And I, I really loved the Simon moment. I, I really do feel like, I mean, I watched it four or five times at least. I plan on watching it again before I move on to the next episode because it just feels so good. Everything about it, the way he's, the voice actor is um, delivering those lines, the way mm-hmm. each time you see him a little bit more blue, like a longer beard, pointier nose, uh, whiter hair, he's slightly sounding more and more like Ice King. It was an incredible moment for yeah, the voice Tom acting. Kenny, Tom Kenny even oh being gosh. able to differentiate like Ice King phase one, Ice King phase two. So splitting, it's splitting so the subtle. voice out like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Amazing. So I loved all of that so much. And then as you said, the Shelby narrative moment is weird and is random and is Christmassy. But it is it is really sweet. And it is like, I love the idea of these characters hanging out, getting together, like doing what we love to do with people that we love uh, around whatever holiday it is that you celebrate, uh, Christmas, whatever. You know, I mean, it's like, there's something really special about that and, and all the memories that I know you have and I have of visiting mm-hmm. family up in North Carolina, you know, and just, there's just so much, there's something really special about that time of year. And mm. that moment, for whatever reason, does a good job of kind of like summing that up, sort of. It's a little cheesy, but I, I like it. It's good. Yeah, just imagine Russell watching this episode, being frustrated and impatient in tight butthole, 
And then yeah, as soon yeah. as as soon as the Simon scene comes on, he melts like a dang puddle for the oh, rest for of the sure. episode. <laughs> I was just like, I, if they didn't do the Simon thing, I think I would have just been like, that this was such a silly like waste of a Christmas yeah, episode. Which like, is which is why I think they did it. And I I I was thinking after this episode, I was like, well. We've done like canon, you know, drops. I mean, the biggest one was like Mortal Folly and Mortal Recoil that we, oh, we yeah. all of a sudden we do stop and we're like, holy crap, like things are getting serious. Like this is no longer fun and funny. This is like serious world building. And yeah. they almost do such a good job of getting you on the edge of your seat and frustrated and like kind of this is dragging and this is just another funny little Adventure Time episode and then just dropping a, a hard canon drop that you – you kind of stop and everything else gets quiet and then you're like super hyper-focused. I thought it was just oh, very yeah. interesting that they were like, yeah, we're going to drop like the biggest, you know, character bomb we've done in three seasons all in on the end of our Christmas special. Yeah, know? yeah. I'm giving part two, so part one, 2.5 out of five. Uh, part two is a four to, like a hard four, soft 4.5 for me. It mm-hmm. is a really solid episode. So I, I really enjoyed part two. Yeah, it was good. It's it probably I mean it, it'll hold like one of the best like moments of the season, but it probably won't make a top five for best episodes of the season. Because yeah. it has to be like collectively front to back it can't, episode. Not just that one moment. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. I mean, as I'm saying, soft four point five. I I I think that moment just won it over for me. But I think when we go back for the season three review and I'm watching through all the episodes, we've had so many good episodes this season mm-hmm. already. I can't imagine it being in the top five, maybe number six. It might be six or seven. You know, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We, we can do a, I think we'll do top fives and then do some runner up, some honorable mentions. And we yeah. can even just take that moment. The Simon Petrikoff moment is an honorable. Gosh, moment. top like, moment the, of the season yeah. for sure up there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, Oh man, well I'm out for for it being 80 degrees outside. I'm about Christmas out. <laughs> <Yeah. here. laughs> I know, man. We went shopping today for, you know, some stuff at home goods and they already have their Christmas time like decorations oh out. Like gosh, that, are that's you what serious? I'm saying, dude. They're skipping Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, well, Thanksgiving you know, is the most thankful time have, of the we year. We still have spooky season things to buy. We still have to go put I know. out. I know. know. I, it's, it kills me, man. I I'm like, I love Thanksgiving because it's the most thankful time of the year. And then I, I love October. I mean, I'm, I'm going to do Stashtober. Are you doing Stashtober this year? I'm already doing like Sober October. So that might be the capacity which I can uh, operate okay. in. Too many. Too many th- you're 75 still going all through oh, yeah. October. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Going all through until up until the 29th. And then we're going to have a party. Nice. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, man, but- what are your lessons for this episode? What do you got for me? Oh man, first lesson is Christmas food is delicious because oh, yeah. they're spread. Like it, it's fake cartoon food, but gosh darn, like their whole spread, the whole episode just like, made me so hungry. That's good. Um so yeah, don't sleep on Especially the Especially the food. table that Ice King just dumps everything off of so oh, he can yeah. oh, sort of look like Santa Claus, but sort of not look like Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, I've I've never had a ham with pineapple and like cherry like pinned into it, but every time Ooh. it shows up in any cartoon show, I'm like, I yeah. want ham with pineapple and cherry pinned on it. Because yeah. it just looks so delicious. Uh, that's my that's my lesson. And then as I kind of stated earlier, um, we stated it and thank you. It's like people's backstory is so deep that perspective and gaining that perspective is so important. 
when yeah. building relationship, when interacting with people. It's like you, you can't have an interaction with somebody that's true and honest unless you understand where they're coming from. Yeah. And this is, I, and it finally it happens. We've talked about it with Ice King so much. And like we see the true, like not just like, I hope oh, there's oh, more, hints. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's lots okay. more. I um, want a lot more. And I really do want to see, I'm hoping by the end of the series, he is Simon again. I don't know if that'll happen, but I would love for him to escape the labyrinth. Uh, well, yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, my lesson, life? yeah, my lesson is Ice King is complicated and mm-hmm. I might need to show him a little bit more empathy. That's my lesson. It's yeah, a personal to, thought, really. I want you to go back and watch episode two now because okay. we, you know, I, I stated when we first started the podcast, it's like, oh, just wait, don't sleep on Ice King. And you were like, I hate this character. He's so freaking <laughs> annoying. Oh my God. And now, now even go back and watch all of season one or maybe just Ice King episodes of season one. For those of you out there that are doing the show the same progression as Russell, that's the where the, the fun parts come in is you start knowing this mm. and then going back to the old episodes and being like, ah, that makes a little more sense are now, you, you know? You're talking about uh, episode three, Prisoners of Love, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I do need to revisit that. I think, honestly, before we do the wrap-up of season three, and maybe even before we progress too much further into season three, I might go back and rewatch yeah, seasons this, one and two as a refresher. That's how I fell in love with the show, was going through it and then going back and rewatching episodes. And like, Yeah, I kind of want to just not, binge it. Yeah, not yeah, and that's the, I think that's why the the show honestly is a lot more fun when it's binged. Like because yeah. there's so many episodes per season that like the the rate we're going at, yeah, it does feel like season 3's drawing out, but you you can knock out 6 episodes in an hour. Like Yeah. And it's it's really fun that way, I think. It makes you and it makes you watch with a little bit a different lens, not a podcast lens on, but a yeah, of enjoyment course. of the show lens is it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I love that. Well, Ned, do you have any recs for us this week? Ooh, well, I might have a rec for you later tonight, but we're going to go see okay. Don't Worry, Darling, the new Olivia Wilde movie um, with Florence Pugh and Chris Pine and everything. So, yeah, you have to let me know. Yeah, I'm, I, hopefully that's my that's my recommendation is go to the movies. I love going to the movies. Like it's it's such a great Dude, experience. Wow, who freaking knows if we're even going to have it forever? So. Go go! That's actually, so weird. This buy is the so tickets, weird. go to the movie. Yeah. I've had so many people, actually yesterday, I had like an hour-long conversation about scary movies and movies mm-hmm. people have been watching in theaters. And in my mind, I'm like, who goes to the theaters anymore? But clearly, like, I need to because yeah. people are still doing it. And yeah, it just I, gets it's you, so magical sometimes doing that. Yeah, it's, it's magical because like, for me, like walking in, smelling the popcorn, standing in line getting in your seat and getting it's nostalgic for me because i did that so much growing up with friends and with my family and now it's going to be lost on a generation of it being like oh yeah like we'll go to see a really big movie but we don't go to the movies because it's fun we just want to go see something on the big screen i'm like no i'd go see the crappiest movie ever at the theaters um it's an effort to get over there but i'm kind of like once as i could go see anything and be like that was great because i got the full just experience with the popcorn and now you know everything. of course i know i regret not going and seeing the maverick movie in theaters yeah uh, maybe yeah. it's well, still showing well, somewhere you know they're about to do a theater release of avatar again 
because James oh, Cameron yeah, the, was like, the yeah, one, right? he was like, we built it to be watched on a, you know, IMAX screen. So go back, <laughs> like, it'd be like, once they do Avatar 2, it's like, go back, re-experience why Avatar was so good, which is on a dang IMAX screen. I remember loving that movie. I've seen it once. I haven't mm-hmm. rewatched Avatar because you definitely get it. Like after you've seen it one time, you're like, okay, I understand the plot of this. Yeah, like, we've, we've done you this do before. Forget, you, you I, like same thing. I've seen it maybe two, three times, but you forget about the the visual aspect that it's an absolutely yeah. gorgeous movie. Um, with a yeah. with a relatively lame story, but again, I don't think it was made to be an incredible story. It was made to be like the most dramatic cinematic shot film ever you know cool well it's What's so funny rec? too because all of the cgi oh. got so advanced right after that came out you know or like right as that came mm-hmm. out they spent so much time making that movie they probably could have made it so much quicker nowadays <laughs> but, well it, they, they've been spending a lot of time on this new one coming out too yeah. because i think every time they uh, do something that makes it look cleaner a new technology comes out and they're like, okay, let's go back and re-edit everything again with this new mm-hmm. tech. Take a year to do it. And guess what? Another new technology rolls that. out. So they like, it out. Yeah. And that's actually what happened with the first one. I, it took a four or five years in like post-production. I think it was longer. I think it was like, like 10 that. years. Yeah, oh, post-production? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, anyways, it is like, like the highest grossing film of all time. So yeah. um, my lesson, no, we already did that. My wreck, sorry. <laughs> Is actually a film that I didn't go see in theaters and I kind of regret it because I've been getting really into watching and learning about climbing. I'm not a climber by any means, uh, mm-hmm. but my friends in college did. You know, like they went bouldering all the time at the UGA gym. Mm-hmm. So I, I've i been really into it. I've been like catching up on like, on, what is it, Adam Andra and then Alex Honnold and all this stuff. And I'm still curious what people think about Alex Honnold because on one hand he he's the free solo guy. My yeah, yeah, free we watched solo. free. We watched free solo. It's you insane. did, yeah, dude. Watching these free solo clips of him, like I literally get sweaty. My hands yeah. and my feet get like damp from yeah. what I get so nervous. I'm afraid of heights. Yeah, big surprise. I, I think right? it's um. Even I mean, I just listened to a Joe Rogan recently. They were talking about the free solo guy and yeah. it being like it's almost hard to watch. Because one is nerve wracking, and two, it's hard to watch someone be in that kind of situation and they're not panicking, and like you're you're almost like panicking Without on behalf of of like on on proxy through him, you know. Well, they talk about the holds that he gets, and it's like, oh, this like two two quarters, like my like the tips of quarters worth of a hold, you know. I, it's mm-hmm. insane what those guys are capable of and what he does, you know. 500 feet up in the air. It's, it's, it's dumb. That's why I'm so curious what the climbing community thinks of Alex Arnold. Cause I'm on one or free solo or this, because on one hand they are a part of the community and they, he's famous. He's the most famous climber out there because of free solo. But at the same time, it's a little reckless and it kind of gives climbing like, I don't know, a little bit of a, a bad name yeah. in some well, yeah, ways because part of the culture isn't part of the culture it's all about safety it's all about belaying your lines correctly it's all about like you know securing everything and not starting till you know you're for sure safe and he's, and he's just, kind of playing <laughs> kind with of throws death. it he's out kind the of, window yeah it's a little bit of russian roulette so i'm curious to dive deeper into this i gotta talk to my climbing buddies now that i have this interest in climbing will i get into climbing stay tuned maybe i will uh <laughs> yeah. but 
Free Solo, Alex Honnold is my wreck. I haven't watched it. I don't know if I can watch it. Is it like I said? I get so nervous mm-hmm. watching Free Solo like videos and stuff. I'm much more interested in like Adam Andra doing the um, oh gosh, I can't, like nine C climb or whatever that he did in Norway. That was like the hardest climb that anyone's ever done. But that's more fascinating to me. Yeah. But anyways, thank you all so much for coming by, listening to us for another week, talk about Adventure Time. We'll be back next Tuesday. Um, gosh, I mean, check us out on Instagram at Neverending Adventure Podcast, TikTok at Neverending Adventure Cast, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast. Email us your thoughts, your opinions for Traveler's Log segment, segments. We'll, we will talk about your emails that you send us and your thoughts about the episodes. Just give us a, in the subjects, tell us what you're kind of talking about, what episode you're talking about so that we know oh, this is a good time to bring this up sort of a thing. Yeah. At NEA, I may have already done it, log at gmail.com. Yeah, best, best practice is to go into episodes we have already talked about because Russell has not seen the rest of the show. Yeah. So if you Avoid go on a long theories tangent... About season nine things or season eight yeah. things. Yeah, we'd love to hear your <laughs> thoughts on Ice King and Simon, especially from this episode. You can mention stuff that is um, future Simon Petrikoff, and and I will read into it. But just uh, take it with my view as well. That's that Russell will read these. Don't spoil anything that's really fun for him. Of course, yeah. But we love the show. This has been so great. I mean, it's. I was thinking about the. You kind of jokingly said we should get BMO tattoos at the beginning of like the first episode of this podcast. Yes. Whether you say that on the podcast or not, you're like, I need to get another Adventure Time tattoo, like. Let's you, me, and Michael go get like BMO tattoos. Um, mm-hmm. like, now man, you're, now BMO you're tattoo would be pretty cool. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any tattoos. We'll, we'll see. We'll get see. a BMO tattoo that just says "Get Naked." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put yeah, it in my naked. butt. <laughs> That'd be a good one for. We were talking about at Home Goods, just like you know the slogan, like things. It's like live, laugh, love, all that stuff. You know, home is where the heart is. I want. I kind of want signs like that that just make no sense. You know, like things that are just like. Uh, isn't life great at sea or some crap like that? That's just like, doesn't make any sense. So like something like that, like in the bathroom, it'd be like Finn get naked or something would be really wonderful. Um, I, I might look into some neon signs about Adventure Time at some point, but yeah, I almost, anyways. I almost bought a stained glass LSP yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Almost. It was like 50 bucks. It's like, oh nah, my I gosh. can't do that. But where uh, was that? Where, where did you the, find the, that? Duluth Fall Festival. No, there was a stained glass. Yeah, I got his. I got it. I got the guy's card, and he said his girlfriend made multiple Adventure Time stained glass cool. pieces. So I was like, I'll get another one for sure. Definitely, dude. Send me that link. But also, yeah. the Duluth Fall Festival. Gosh, that's so nostalgic. Talking about mm-hmm. things that feel like fall. Like that is such a sign of fall time. Yeah. When you get to go to the Duluth Fall Festival, I'm so jealous of you. Yeah, it's my doing first that. one too. So wow. And actually, my two other buddies from growing up, my cycling buddies, they went this past weekend with their uh, wife and then girlfriend. And I was just like, man, I, I am so jealous. Like y'all and then them going as well. I was just like, I'm missing out on some fall festival action right now. But um, that's all right. We'll, we'll figure out a way to have the holiday yeah, here yeah. in Nashville. Ne- next time, next time you're in town, we'll just go to downtown Duluth regardless because it's cool <laughs> now. So. That sounds great, man. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for coming by. Uh, let's listen again next Tuesday if you can. And we'll be there and party forever. Love you guys.